0: The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, episode 53.
1: Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Impressive. Every word in that sense was wrong. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. This station is now the
2: ultimate power in the universe. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's against
3: my programming to impersonate a dad.
2: That's not how the Force works.
1: Force is with me, and I am with the Force, and I fear nothing.
2: Remember, the Force will be with you,
0: always. Hey everybody, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter, a.k.a. Father Fett, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars. Where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far, far away, including the deeper themes and meanings. Today we are discussing the penultimate episode of the entire Star Wars Rebels show, so season four, episode fourteen, "A Fool's Hope," where I, as I've been mentally referring to it, the the not calm before the storm. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Joining me today on the panel are first up, Angela Ciolana.
1: Hello, I'm here. Yay. It's great to have <laughs> you. Uh,
0: we also have Thomas Sanjurjo with us this evening. It's good to be here. I, I, we've all
3: been having tech problems this week, so uh, we're trying to get the recording better. <laughs> so hopefully it's coming out that way.
0: It'll be great. And third and final this evening is Mike Creevy. Good to be back. It is good to have you back. It's been, it's been a few weeks.
4: Yeah, school's starting and all that fun jazz. I just wasn't yeah. ready. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Before we jump into uh, the uh, Rebels episode, there is just a few bits of news that uh, we should at least mention. Uh, There's not a whole lot of discussion, but the big thing, of course, the Mandalorian season two begins streaming on October 30th. So that's super, super exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, What
1: day
0: of the week is that? I forgot to check. It's a Friday. It's a Friday. Friday. Okay. so and I I don't think we've heard, but I, I think the assumption is that they'll be released weekly. Mm-hmm. Okay. If I remember right with last year, one of them was released like early or like, I, I don't remember how that worked. It, it fell around yeah, the, the, the release yeah, of Christ Rise of Skywalker. Right. Of movies coming out.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Cause yep. it launched on, well, and it launched on Tuesday or Disney
0: plus launched on Tuesday. Yep. So I think they had a Tuesday and a Friday yeah. one time or mm-hmm. something. So, so I, th- I think the, the, the assumption with this one is that it's released every Friday starting October 30th. So, okay. Um, at that point, we will be reviewing each episode as it streams, and during the the time that the Mandalorian season two is streaming, our podcast will shift back to a weekly release during that time. So definitely listeners uh, watch watch those episodes and tune in to us as we as we talk about them each week uh, for that for that time period. So that's gonna be exciting. There still is not a trailer, so uh, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm have I'm, you been reading the yeah. news about
3: this? No. So, so apparently, there's something midway through the season that is problematic, and and we're not really sure what that means. But it's some of the some of the showrunners have been talking about this, and so there's like a problematic mid season thing that they're saying uh, required an entire rewrite of the trailer. So they had a trailer, and they've had to rewrite the trailer, and they're rewriting part of the season and reshooting some of the season. So, Huh we'll you know we'll we'll definitely be up, up on that and you know be paying attention to what it is that's changing but i'm not sure what exactly
0: that entails i was more <laughs> I, I i was just happy that we haven't gotten a trailer yet because i like the <laughs> not knowing what's coming yeah um, i'm hoping that there's not yeah. serious issues that they have to to rewrite or or anything but i guess we'll We'll find out the The way it's been played up is very coy. So
3: I'm thinking it's something that maybe they had an overlap with another project that they've now decided to kind of split off on their own. That's what I'm kind of hoping for, you know, like maybe Ahsoka appears and they didn't want that to happen in the Mandalorian. So now they're going to give her, her own show. Would be great. <laughs> I'm not going to cry if that's it. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Yeah, I this think is, it's either that or it's something to do with um with the Obi Wan show that's coming up, and they uh, weren't ready for the two of them to happen at the same time. That's my those are my two
0: guesses. This is also Filoni, and yeah. he's like an that's, expert of saying everything and nothing. Exactly.
1: <laughs> I wonder if it was like, um, like I know since you said, "Oh, this is Filoni, I remember, um, seeing interviews with Sam Witwer where he would like he would actually catch some. Um, chronological things that were in the script that Dave hadn't caught. And so he would be like, hey, Dave, uh, this isn't right. And then he'd be like, oh, yeah. So I wonder if it was something like that. Mm, where that could be. Like, yeah, they just one detail that they didn't catch. And then somebody watched it and they were like, hey, what about this? Who knows? I'm, I'm very intrigued. <laughs> we'll
3: see. I'm, yeah, I'm intrigued. I want, I'm excited to see what it is that happens.
0: There's always a chance that they're just completely messing with us. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. <that> is, <laughs> is, thankfully, none of just this me. delays the premiere of season two. So, yeah, right. That's that's uh, <laughs> one they of the highlights. themselves to... a lot of wiggle room in yeah. October, yeah. though. Right. That's like
2: <laughs> that's, Yeah,
4: I was in like, it yeah. October. It's still yeah. October. <laughs> still October. Yeah, one more day. I yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: see. Now, I, the thing I'm interested in is so they kept the whole uh, the child under wraps so well mm-hmm. right and now there's like this you know we don't have a trailer for the second season well i'm i'm interested what exactly that means because maybe it's just that maybe they're throwing us off the case like oh yeah we had to reshoot the trailer mm-hmm. yeah but there is no trailer it's just the show's gonna hit and you don't get
0: a trailer you just have to watch the show <laughs> but even all the supposed you know uh like Ahsoka reveal and everything, none of those have been officially confirmed. Right. Right. So, yeah, we're still in this just probable, but just, it could be just, yeah, misdirect.
1: What if that was all a lie? <laughs> Ahsoka <laughs> won't be on the show <laughs> <No>. ever.
0: <laughs> There'd be a lot of That's upset possible. fans. <laughs> Like, they're
4: all behind the scenes after all that breaks, and they're like, guys, we got to get her into this thing quick. <laughs> like, That's what it is, right? Like, we're never going to be There was a now. big problem. <laughs> no, we were not going to do that. Yeah. It's like Anakin's long-lost cousin or something. No one, you're like, oh, no, that's not, that's not cool at all. <laughs> like, we have a big surprise. And they're like, Ahsoka, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that's it.
0: <laughs> well, six, six more, no, seven weeks, probably, at this point, before yeah. we can find that out um we'll have a lot more to say i'm sure with this uh <laughs> closer to release date so uh, of course uh stay tuned um the other big thing that that happened this past week um was that the the book thron um the first book of the thron ascendancy that's difficult to say <laughs> uh trilogy chaos rising released on september 1st uh are you guys Mike? I imagine you might be into this are you Angela and thomas? are you into the into getting these this book and this trilogy I probably will i
3: i um I've been getting back into reading some Star Wars stuff, and it's it's good, which is refreshing because there was a dearth of good Star Wars lit mm. there for a little while uh and I've forgotten how much I like it you know i just, I ate all the star wars I could when I was in high school, so it's nice to kind of have that refreshing. I actually like the decision they made to kind of tuck everything that came before away and say, OK, we're not going to do that right now. Let's let's uh, start fresh and and put everything back in order the way that that the new canon is kind of fitting.
1: I was just going to say, I agree that um, the literature has been very good. Um, I don't know about uh <laughs> The entertainment budget in the era of COVID, though, um, I might have to wait for the library. Uh, but I am looking forward to reading it for sure.
4: Yeah, I was just gonna say I felt guilty because I, um, as I, I think I mentioned on the show a couple couple weeks ago, that um, I discovered. Uh, I was gonna say I discovered the library. I knew the library was a thing. Don't get me wrong, but I, I <laughs> didn't. I didn't know. Like I, I didn't know that. On, this is so dumb. I just didn't really. It didn't <sighs> click that you could get audiobooks. And mm. and this just <laughs> like really sank in this year and my wife's showing me this app and I'm like Oh, my gosh, they have Star Wars audiobooks. Uh-huh. And so I just I started listening to all of them. And I, as I told you guys before, what I, what I didn't tell you was I was listening to way many, way too many of them, <laughs> like all at the same time. And I'm, I'm you know listening to like seven or eight novels in like a month. And I'm like, oh, OK, uh, moderation is a virtue. Um, <laughs> yeah. so, so I just honest to God, it was like the beginning of August. I made this rule for myself that I was only going to listen to one Star Wars audiobook per, <laughs> per month and so you know so september hits and i get a notice and i'm like oh yeah it's time to listen to tarkin so i downloaded james lucino's tarkin book i start listening to that and then i see the descendants i totally forgot it was coming out so i jumped in to like put it in the queue and it's like this book has about a 12 week wait period yeah so i'm like oh man, so i I think i'm gonna have to wait for it but i'll i'll be i'll get a notification at
0: some point (laughs) that it's time for ascendancy so we'll see Yeah. And I will I will begin reading it as soon as I get it. Uh, Normally, if this was any normal uh, book release, I would have just gone to Barnes and Noble the day of release and gotten it. But because this is Timothy Zahn, he he works with his uh, local bookstore. And so you you can actually do that. Oh, I've done it. I've done it for (laughs) ever since I found this website. It's Winter River Books um, and Gallery. It's up in uh, Washington State. But you can order a book from Zahn and he will personalize that's it cool. and autograph it for you and then they will ship it out to you. So, that's so I think cool. that's estimated to arrive. I'm hoping at this point, I'm hoping Tuesday uh, with nice. with Labor Day. Uh, but so so that's that's still coming. Um, so I've gotten many of my uh, Timothy Zahn books personalized and autographed and some of them i've actually met him in person and brought books for him to sign oh so, cool that's really cool <laughs> so yeah i haven't started reading it yet but i'm super excited and one of the things that has me excited about it is that it's a trilogy from the get-go so right, so right, right. timothy zahn can can uh plot out characters over three books rather than like with the Thrawn trilogy those were those are standalone books and they didn't know if they were going to do a sequel or or make it into oh, a makeshift okay. trilogy so he couldn't set up the character arcs in a trilogy format, so right, but with right. these he mm-hmm. he's gonna he's gonna have the entire freedom to do that, so it should be a really good trilogy That's so cool, so yeah, so that that happened yeah. um circling back to rebels, I know this isn't really a news thing, but it was kind of a fun thing that I got to participate in today. uh Vanessa Marshall was doing a Instagram live autograph signing. Uh, ironically, not for Star Wars, but for Young Justice, because she does the voice of Black Canary and Young Justice. Mm-hmm. Oh, OK. <laughs> and so I had I had pre-purchased um, an autograph for her to sign. And so she was signing them all uh, live on her Instagram feed and. W- responding to comments and everything and so uh when she got when she got to mine and recognize she recognized my name from from the cameo that we had on on me cool. uh was <laughs> was yeah very very excited to see that name and um that i mean she gave a shout out to the podcast so nice uh, cool. just, just just pretty cool she's a, she's a pretty pretty awesome uh actress
4: well, does she do, because I'm not, I'm not a gamer, but I've been following some of the Squadron's uh, footage mm-hmm. and stuff, and I know she appears in that. Is, is Does she do the voice for that for the game? It's, is, I mean, a, it sounds like her, but
1: ooh, it's just a quick a little shot question. of her, and I'm like,
4: I was like, holy crap, that's Hera, and I'm like, her whining because it's the most, like, sort of live-action looking yeah. that you've ever seen, so. But yeah, yeah, we talked it about it last,
3: like last uh, the last episode, we talked about the seeing them in different uh, yeah. spots, and the art being different, so I... I think it's the same voice, but yeah. I wouldn't, don't quote me on it. I, I think uh, father, Father's looking it up right um, now. According to IMDB, she
0: is, she is Hera in Star Wars Squadrons. Yeah, so, awesome. Uh, I have to go get an Xbox now. I, no, that's awesome. I knew, that, I knew that Hera was in that game. I, um, but yeah, it's great to have Vanessa Marshall in it too. Yeah. So with uh, Hera Syndulla back in the scene, let's jump into uh, this episode. Uh, this is, uh, like I said, season four, episode 14 of Fool's Hope. It's um, kind of it's more or less a setup into the final the final, uh, final hour long finale, if you will. Um, so what did you guys think of of this particular episode?
1: Um, I, I like that um, Ezra is sort of the leader now, in a way right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if that was just my interpretation. Um, And I noticed this time that the title of the episode is A Fool's Hope, which is very similar to A New Hope. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: the plot is very similar uh, in many ways. Um, You know, you've got a ragtag bunch and they're trying to uh, kick the Empire's butt and um, against all odds. So, you know, I'm seeing it in that context in that, um, that angle, I appreciate it a little bit more. Um, but of course, you know, we, we talk so much about themes on this podcast and, um, I guess you could say that's kind of like the, the star part of star Wars. And this was more so the wars part of star Wars. It was, it was a lot of the fun action.
3: Yeah, I'll be honest, though, after after watching the last one, The World Between Worlds, this one is... I, I didn't care for this one very much, you know? It's the juxtaposition of the the kind of philosophical mm-hmm. depth that star Wars can go to versus the kind of popcorny light show Correct. that it can be also, you know, and you see that when you have two episodes like this, just kind of smoshed together, <laughs> it gets pretty intense that, you know, I like
4: the philosophy of star Wars. I really do. Yeah. The wars, yeah, they're cool, but I like the <laughs> philosophy of star Wars. <laughs> I was reminded of, um. have you guys seen any of the, I, I've been watching it in like 10 minute chunks. Cause that's, you know, That's life. But the Galaxy's Edge, uh, like documentary on on Disney Plus, Mm -hmm. like the whole behind the scenes thing. And uh, uh, when Jay Leno, you know, is kind of going through the whole Millennium Falcon experience and he's talking about how he used to do the the movie reviews by sending his like um, his mother out to like review movies. And then he'd like give her a review, like verbatim. And nice. I guess I said, I think he said the first one he ever <laughs> sent her out to review for the show was star Wars. And he said, she was like, she's like, you got lights coming this way and lights coming that way and noises. And who like, who wants that? <laughs> I, just, I laughed a little bit. Cause I'm sitting there. I'm like, I guess I do. Cause it was, it was fun, but it, yeah, it wasn't <laughs> super complicated <laughs> compared yeah. to the, compared yeah. to the last
0: one. It was interesting as I was watching it, going back through it a couple times and then just kind of doing some, reading some reviews and stuff on it. Some, some things were pointed out to me that I, I thought were, were super important to, to, to recognize. And yeah, my first thought was like, yeah, this, this is, this is action Star Wars. And coming off of, of A World Between Worlds, there is that juxtaposition between the two. But I also, the link I think between, it's not just between A World Between Worlds and this one, but it's the link. That the the finale arc makes with the entire show mm-hmm. is that I found that even though this is super action heavy, I still felt that relationships were at the core of these episodes because of all the various people that are involved in the ragtag group are people that Ezra has affected in some way. Um, I'm thinking, mm-hmm. right, you know, Hondo and and, you know, some of the the uh, uh, the characters that are not not part of the ghost crew. Yeah, yeah yeah but they're yeah. they're there and fighting because of Ezra and the relationship that they have with him and so the, the action is sort of a result of the relationships um, sure. at one point I think Hondo even says for that kid I would I would do anything or something <laughs> right. along those lines and like you don't just do anything or be willing to die for you know some random kid that you've only encountered a few times but you would do that for someone especially Hondo
1: <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. Right. I, love,
0: I love him so much. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I appreciated kind of having that realization as I watched, as I watched it, because like the action is great. I mean, you know, we all, we all do uh, at some level of action. That's, that's part of star Wars, but, but more so, I think we appreciate the, the deeper themes, the, the connections, the humanity, the, the relationships. And so I was, I was glad to have that kind of pointed out um, because that gives this episode heart. For for at least for my for my viewing. of Yeah. It. Um, yeah. And, it, and it just shows yeah. the, the growth of Ezra. You know, he, he was the one at the beginning of the entire show that he had no family. And here he is at the end with with this amazing family around him. That's that's fighting for him in a battle that is not even officially sanctioned by the rebel alliance. Right. Right. Which and it was also, for
3: him very specifically. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Fun random fact on that note, I, I had put this down too, but uh, <laughs> the, the opening scrawl of A New Hope uh, says more or less that, that the Rebel Alliance had only won victory against the Empire, which was a reference to Rogue One in the Battle of Scarif. Mm-hmm. And so the finale of, of Rebels is also a victory, but because it wasn't officially sanctioned by the Rebel Alliance... They could still give the rebels finale a victory, sorry, spoiler alert there, but uh, <laughs> but they could give the rebels show a victory over the empire without it contradicting the the opening scrawl of a new hope and and what happened in Rogue one, so I thought that was also really kind of interesting,
4: well, and just one other quick thing about relationships, because I think not just with ezra but um, and, and... I suppose we probably won't get into this too much because they don't really get into it specifically in the episode that much. But the relationship between um, uh, between Price and uh, Ryder Azadi mm-hmm. and their whole mm-hmm. background, which is explored a lot more in the um, speaking of Timothy's on yep. that first Thrawn novel, which yep. I think came out like about a year before this season did. So like that's in the background there uh, yep. and it ties into to these these uh, interactions with Thrawn and, and these folks. So uh, so that, too, like, you know, they've. There's a pretty rocky history between the two of them, you know, Mm -hmm. that just, even though they don't go into the details in this episode or even in, in most of these episodes, having read those books too, I just thought that was a good example of where like, you don't need that to enjoy the show, but this was my first time watching it since I had read that novel. And so now Mm -hmm. like, as I watch it, there's like this whole texture of like, oh yeah, I know. It's like, I have this inside baseball, you know, like, oh yeah, they really don't (laughs) like each other even more than I thought, you know, so so that's like it's just cool the way they're they're doing that when they do that well.
0: Mhm. And it's a good point too that that um I mean the the novels complement the the movies and the the TV mm-hmm. shows so much because you can't get into that depth of character in a 20-minute uh animated episode. But right. in a novel you can oh there's all sorts of of intricacies that you can play out. So um and flesh flesh out just the the relationships and the characters. So for those of you who haven't read the books read read the books if you feel at all inclined they are they are fantastic,
3: or listen to them on audiobook oh, right
0: yes, yes for free <laughs> in you know, in three months <laughs> <laughs> yep uh so uh the the episode starts um this is this is taking place right after a world between worlds, so Ezra has sort of uh you know finally learned how to live with the loss of Canaan and kind of become that that new leader. In um in the, the the Ghost Crew, uh, but the uh, Hera Rex and and Agent Callus uh, Fulcrum are headed to to Jupa Base uh to pick up some some friends to help in their attempt to liberate Lethal. And one thing that was pointed out to me is right at the the beginning of this episode when you see Rex right away, he is wearing a helmet that is oddly similar to what you see on the Rebels in. On Endor in mm-hmm. Return of the Jedi. And that was a that was a I think a I'm assuming that was a or a explicit sort of reference that um, right. and I think it's revealed in the finale too that Rex shows up in the Battle of Endor. Uh, but yeah. there's a clear connection there. In fact, there's a there's a character in, in the, the Battle of Endor that's bearded that may or may not be Captain Rex <laughs> just kind of panned past really quickly. <laughs> yeah. Um, in fact, uh, Dave Filoni was saying that he, he didn't, he didn't explicitly make that, uh, character in the movie Rex, uh, just because he wanted to kind of leave it, leave it a little open-ended. Um, in fact, I think on the credits that character is called Nick Sant, I think. Um, hmm. but either way, uh, that's a, that's a nod to, to return of the Jedi. Um, and what I think the,
1: was, Oh, sorry. Nope, I'm just thinking ahead. back to like how they used to name characters in the original uh, trilogy era, and Nick Sant is probably because he kind of looks like Santa Claus with the beard. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> like Saint Nick. Okay, well, Filoni
0: just, had <laughs> Filoni, just
1: to throw that up.
0: <laughs> Filoni had pointed out that the, the, there wouldn't really be a reason for an old guy in a beard like that to be at the Battle of Endor <laughs> unless right. he was Rex. <laughs> So yeah, he, he,
3: you wonder about how efficient the rebels are, but then you go, oh, no, 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 it was it was Rex. Oh,
0: OK. Yeah. It totally makes sense for him to be there. <laughs> so. So, yeah. So for for those of us that want to, we can head cannon that into into Rex. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but but we know that he was there. So it's it's totally not off base, too. Uh, but anyway, so so they are on their way to to Jupa base and they land on um, Jupa base to talk with with R- Wolf, Gregor, um, two of the other clones um ketsu who again there's another connection to she she hasn't been in this the show a whole lot but she's a um a mandalorian a friend of sabine's uh but she's there as well and they're there to to ask for their help in helping to liberate Lethal. and of course hondo is there as well and yeah his (laughs) um i i can't help but relate to Hera. Like Hondo, Hondo's <laughs> there, and like Hera, Hera grudgingly like knows that he needs to be a part of this, but like her, her facial expressions are are like a visual expression of what I feel. Like Hondo, I I love and hate him because he's so cocky and arrogant, but he's lovable, and
4: <laughs> like, well, it's it's quite a it's quite yeah. a thing to kind of have this like Jack Sparrow esque character, but who's mm. not just that. You know, like he's mm-hmm. he's unique. Um. You know, and it's just uh, yeah, he is he is pretty fun. He also appears in the um, pretty prominently, I guess, at the uh, Galaxy's Edge, which is which mm-hmm. is something I hope to see at some point. Um, I, I love the fact that he can't say the word
3: smuggler. That's my favorite part <laughs> of that scene. He's just like, I'm a Smug- pirate, not a smuggler. Sm- sm-
0: sm- sm- the word you used,
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: And yet, uh, you can't you can't help but draw a correlation between him and Han Solo, like, oh, and especially course. in this oh, yeah. episode. Like, but yeah, he, the pirate is, is much more romantic for, for his, his own (laughs) view of himself. Um, but he's, he's the key. Uh, they, they, they're trying to figure out a way to get through the blockade and, and do it efficiently. And, and he, he knows of a way to get through the blockade, uh, which comes into play later. Um, And by
4: the way, you know, it is, it's Jim Cummings too, right? I mean, it's, it's Winnie Mm -hmm. the Pooh. Mm. (laughs) I did not know that. So how do you not, how do you not love him? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. and all those, like, I think he did. A bunch of those, like, uh, I think he might have done, like, Pete on, like, Mickey Mouse and stuff. I mean, like, there's, yeah, yeah. it's just that it's one of those voices where, you're like, I know that voice, you know. <laughs> Darkwing Duck.
0: He did Darkwing yeah, oh, Duck. Oh, that's right. You know?
4: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. These,
0: these voice actors are just so varied and amazing. And so, so yeah, so, so Hondo's definitely, and he, he summarizes, um, well, I, I kind of put in my notes that this dialogue that happens here is, is sort of a summary of, uh, of the show and Ezra's growth. Uh, because Mm -hmm. uh you know Hera and and the and uh callus are asking for for help and um hondo makes the point that um it in specifically talking about ezra you know he says that boy has spirit he reminds me of the time when there was still something you could believe in Mm -hmm. and like that's you know and, and ketsu says you know the jedi and And Wolf and Gregor talk about following them into battles and they can do this one more time. And Hera asks if Hondo's in and that's where he says, Madam, for that boy, there's nothing I would not do. Yeah, I like this because it tells
3: why Anakin is so central to everything, right? Because this is a kid that really, I mean, in a galaxy, in in an entire galaxy, he has been able to gather this force of people around him and it's so unique and so different that it really shows what the Jedi are capable of. And then to take that to that next level and have Anakin be like the Jedi of Jedi, right? Where he's just that much more impressive than everyone. And it comes across so poorly in the movies. Like, especially when we see his growth in the first three movies, there was just so much going on politically that it was hard to capture the the just sheer charisma that the Jedi have and f- for them to just affect the galaxy in the way they do. But it reminds us that, you know, there is this force that's tying everything together and these guys actually use it. They manipulate it, you know, not for good or for evil, but they they change the way that it moves around people and around things. So there's there's no way they couldn't be, they just couldn't have that gravitas. They have to be impressive and be... Uh, you know,
0: calling people to them. I I think that's a, that's a a really great point to make uh, because you know it, it it I mean it relates to just our our lived life too. Like there are certain people who just have that that charisma or that that um, ability to to engage in relationships and um and especially I would I would say uh in in our Catholic world you know our spiritual leaders often have that sort of ability or, or we, we see them and we see their, their depth of, of person, their, their depth of spiritual life, you know, and, and there's something that just draws us to them versus someone who is just living their life incredibly superficially and, you know, goes from one thing to the next, you know, there, there's something about the depth of someone who is firmly rooted in their, in their, uh, in their faith you know for the jedi it's they're they're firmly rooted in who they are as as a as a jedi and the the need for for them to be compassionate and and you know enter into those kind of situations um and i think and and that's one of the the key things about Ezra too i mean he he is he's a kid but he is able to to enter into those relationships and cause that kind of connection and we see that with him and the animals, I think for one, mm-hmm. and that, that comes into play in a very big way in the finale. You know, but also his relationships with, with the other people as well. There's just there's something about him and Kanan and Ahsoka and I mean heck, probably all of all of the ghost crew really. Except for Chopper maybe. But because uh, <laughs> he's a droid. You have to love Chopper, though. I do you
1: love Chopper. <laughs> I do love Chopper. He has a repelling quality to him at the same time. Yes.
0: Right. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, that's, that's, and that's something that they can explore in a, in a better way in a, in a TV show because there's just more time right. to develop that versus a two hour movie. So yeah, so Ezra's, Ezra's definitely the, the, the key to all of this. Back on Lothal Ezra. Uh, we, we see Ezra now taking on that, that mantle of leader, and he he has a vision and knows that, that things are changing and is able to get Hera on the comm and, and tell her and the rest of, of everyone that he, he had a vision and knows that Thrawn is coming back. And so they need to act now if they are to take... Uh, the capital city back from the empire, and we have uh, a little bit of conflict kind of set up for us between Ryder, who is opposed to acting because they've already tried and failed, and he suggests that they lay low, reorganize, and rebuild. And Ezra, you know, asks him to trust him, and Ryder is still pointing out that you know they don't have an army, and the Ezra says that they don't need an army; they just need one person. And then it cuts off to to the next uh, scene.
1: Oh, I was going to talk about that quote because, uh, you know, obviously they're referring to the governor. But um, at the same time, I felt like that quote just really struck me as, oh, my gosh, that's what Star Wars is about, isn't it? Mm -hmm. We don't need an army. We just need Mm -hmm. one person Um, in the positive sense, like we need one person to Mm -hmm. make an impact to um, to make to make that change. Sorry, Michael Jackson song just came to my <laughs> mind. But um yeah, I I again, like with this whole, you know, with A Fool's Hope, A New Hope, um, just kind of the basics of what Star Wars is about. Um, and then hearing this quote, you know, we don't need an army, we just need one person. I think ultimately that one of the messages that George Lucas would want people to walk away from mm-hmm. Star Wars with.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. I would also throw that out there that there's an implicit connection there to to uh, the last Jedi and like the the broom Mm -hmm. boy at the end of the at the end of the movie. Yeah. That, yeah, it's it's individuals that can make a difference. We swap to Governor Price, who just looks downright scary and mean. (laughs) I, I, yeah, I I've never liked her. I think I had her as a substitute once. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
4: she, I, has, um, she has um, that feel. You're like, oh man, she's back. Yep. There was this—I
1: don't know if it was a series or if it was just one book. There's this children's book called like uh, Mrs. Nelson is here or something yes. like that, and it and was
3: she, yeah, she leaves it, it and was, the, the the substitute comes in. Yeah, <laughs> no. so
1: like Mrs. Nelson was the substitute teacher, and she was like like a witch. She was like <laughs> oh, so y'all. horrible. I and she kind of reminds me of
2: that.
1: Of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my
0: gosh! I don't think any of us want Governor Price to be our substitute teacher, though. <laughs> <laughs> she's the
1: substitute governor in oh a way. My,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, because she's—I mean, she she basically threatens um, her her underling with with death if he doesn't find the rebels. And he's working for an organization that she knows she
4: might die if she doesn't <laughs> go find them. Like what? <laughs> that's the thing she's she not gets like from. from the book too like or from the throne book with her like i got the impression like she's not she's anything but naive you know and i gotta give her yeah. credit she's just like listen to me i will be executed
0: and like she's not messing around like, but
4: before i do or before that <laughs> happens to me like oh boy
0: but but i i think in governor price you see this you see what happens to a person who's who's greedy and power hungry mm-hmm. and i mean she's okay mm-hmm. with not being at the top of the ladder but she just she wants she wants power over lethal And Mm -hmm. I think that was that was one of the key things of the of the book is is she wanted to become Governor Price Well, it's it's so revenge driven, you
4: know, because it started. It's it's like her family's mining business has taken over and it's just this beginning of like, Mm -hmm. I will do whatever it takes, you know, to get back here and, you know, it's just like this myopic
0: kind of. Yeah. (laughs) So. So, yeah. So, I mean, I think that's even I mean, that's that's one of the visual cues that we get. Like, this is this is what revenge and what being greedy and power hungry and doing that what that does to a person. Because we just we see her embody that in this particular story arc. Um, And then Ryder calls her on an old pre-imperial frequency, which, of course, he would have because he was the governor at one point. So he would have been there prior to the the Empire's uh, occupation. And he offers to betray the rebels because he would rather betray the rebels and get amnesty than to... Join the rebels and get captured and go to prison. Did set you guys that up
1: so well? Yeah, I, I, was, I knew I was, I was waiting for him to ask that. it.
0: Did you guys <laughs> <Yeah>. believe
3: that? <laughs> no, nah, that was it. Was pretty obvious that it was like, a, you know, I although they they did a decent job with making him be on the outs uh-huh. in in that conversation that he had with Ezra, right? Where he, he's like, it's going to take an army to do this, and Ezra's like, we only need one person, and you kind of knew where this was going. So it wasn't a huge surprise that this was where it stepped to next, but I thought it was an okay job moving the script forward, really.
1: Well, I'm pretty sure that when I watched it first, I was like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> so he's betrayed. Maybe I'm just more trusting than you, Thomas. <laughs> but um,
4: I saw yeah. the double cross, double cross.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, he's hard to read, too, because as far you know, I was thinking of voices, too, because this is right. This is, of course, Clancy Brown. Right. So, yeah. you know, it's like. He, yeah, he's Mister Krabs, but he's also Berg, <laughs> the Devronian <laughs> and Mandalore, and like, you know, all these other characters. Now that he's been, wasn't he Savage Press too? I think yes. he was. I think he was. Yeah. yeah, he was. So he's. I think he's mostly bad guys. Or he plays, yeah, he's got a good bad guy voice, right? He's, he's, the, got he's that, the Highlander bad guy from the original. movie. know, so. <laughs> yeah, it's like so. Yeah, but he's Mister Krabs. Anyway, <laughs> so, <laughs> he's not bad. He's just gruff. He,
0: he's so, also. Yeah, no, I, I don't. <laughs> He's also oh, on a, a he's, he's on a Zoom call, so it's easier to hide, you know, body language. Right. And and yeah. you know. <laughs> <No. laughs> hey,
4: thank goodness we don't have like full body holographic Zoom calls because <laughs> like, <my> it's <laughs> like, too, too much to think about and make sure that just, you know my posture is right. And just imagine. And
0: well, then you no, can't, well, you can't I just I wear <laughs> your
4: shorts. You got to put on
0: pants and, you know. Yeah. <laughs> speaking
3: of you costumes, know. though, you know, like I think I think it's really interesting that after this point in the in the episode, he's got a hood on for the rest of the. The episode, oh, you know. So yeah. like nobody else really changes very much, but he's got that that cowl that makes uh, him look
1: kind of uh
0: you know dark maybe and shady That's what I
1: picked up on like unconsciously. Yeah.
0: Visual cues. Angela, <laughs> I I mean, I have to come to your defense here because when when, <laughs> when I watched it, um, I think initially I thought, no, no, no. But then like later on during the actual <laughs> battle, when he is not participating right. and he's hiding mm. away and then even when, lets Rook, yeah. when Rook doesn't <laughs> right, yeah. attack him I was like right oh okay maybe oh, maybe man. maybe he <laughs> actually did so yeah I, I, I think it was there was enough misdirect that I was I got confused so
4: and, and yeah. in your defense as well Angela if you've noticed I haven't really answered the question technically <laughs> 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 like, yeah, you know who did his voice um, no. <laughs> it's all uh, from a certain point of
0: view remember. here Yes,
4: from a certain point of view. Uh,
0: So he at least is presenting himself as betraying the rebels and and uh, Governor Price is not uh, going to pass up on an opportunity to to get the location of the rebels. So so she she gets the the location and we uh, jump back to Ezra, who is talking with Sabine. Um, And they're talking about the Lothwolf connection, which was Mm -hmm. uh, another thing that uh, was just has been important to to the series as a whole, and particularly this season with with the wolves in particular. And Ezra can't really explain the connection, but he just knows that they're there when he needs them. And and that's how it's always been. And that's exactly how it plays out in this episode, too. So Mm -hmm. but again, I think I think it's it's cool that they're pointing out the relationship route there that he has with Mm -hmm. them. And then they, they howl uh, and it's almost like a a warning symbol or a warning signal to the fact that the empire is coming, which of course they do immediately uh, arrive on the scene. And we have, yeah, probably one of the biggest action sequences in the entire show, probably maybe besides the finale, but I, I need to rewatch the finale yet. I, I I just have a, a random few things written down for these things. Um, I'm not going to go blow by blow through through these action scenes. But Trevor, I, thank you. Um, <laughs> <just> like, well, <laughs> how deep are we going to get here? <laughs> it's like first, um, he shoots to the left. And then... <laughs> <laughs> how much time do we have for this recording? might play. play, play.
1: Yeah. That'd be a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. So I I just mentioned things like I I really loved the the scenes with uh, Sabine and her jetpack, and yes. Uh, yes. those those yes. were pretty yes, so pretty awesome. Pretty so. I like she
3: says, I'll take out the rocket, the rocket troopers. And then she takes off. And, and one of my kids was like, wait,
0: she's going to get them all. And I'm like, dude, yes. she's going <laughs> to the yeah, get them all. <laughs> and uh, Rook uh, joins the fight. And, and I was just going to point out, I don't think we've ever mentioned this before, but they're actually a Legends species that have been brought into the canon because they were a, oh, hmm. a bodyguard uh, assassin uh, created by Timothy Zahn uh, with, the, with his original Thrawn trilogy. Um, and Mm, so they've been brought into, to Canon. They're a little bit less stealthy, I think in, or a little bit louder from what I've envisioned them in, in the Canon world than in the legends, but that's totally (laughs) beside the point. Um, so, so Rook is there and he's, he and Ezra kind of have a a showdown between the two of them. Um, we have a pretty awesome scene with Chopper. He (laughs) falls off one of those, (laughs) like, uh, the, the, there's a ledge there. He falls off. And there's a stormtrooper that decides to go check it out and looks over the edge. And then Chopper just reaches up and pulls him off and then grabs his toe, pulls him in by the toe. (laughs) (laughs) And then like sarcastically laughs and flies away yeah
4: yeah. i I couldn't help like i was i was watching it this time and he did that i was just like dude you just killed a guy yeah Yeah. i was like that's that's pretty cold no it wasn't so much his fault as it
3: is all the osha hazards around these sites you know where there's just like these pits in the ground
4: with no railing okay yeah and meanwhile you know they like rook falls down and i'm just like how many times do we have to establish in Star Wars I, it's like there's something with <laughs> like gravity I don't know what but like it's not they're not done Like, stop throwing yep. people
3: down pits but that's what happened to him at the end of this too so yes. you know there's mm, a chance right. <laughs> maybe
0: yes. the, we we go back to Hera on the ghost and uh, they get the the transmission from Chopper that things are going south back on Lothal and so they want to get there as quickly as possible and they arrive in the, the Lothal system, but have to get past the blockade. And this is where Hondo comes to the rescue, which his dialogue is just fantastic. <laughs> um, he, he tells I've, I've done it plenty of times.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know I, I only I only crashed I've done it plenty of times. <laughs> he's, like, he's like technically it's just outside a hyperspace lane. Sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And it but it's just it's it's just something that I could I could easily hear Han Solo saying the same exact thing. thing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we're, we're, we'll make this work. Like, so, yeah, so a he, certain mentality to be a smuggler, right? <sighs> like, you know, you've you got to have that. I don't know. I'm flying by the seat of my pants. <laughs> It'll work. Well, It'll and, work. and that you that you uh, trust that luck is going to be on your side right. more often than not.
4: <laughs> well, and I love, it, and I, I immediately thought of like that line, one of my favorites of his, in uh, the Force Awakens. You know, and he's like, "We'll get you to the planet." She's like, "Han, how?" He's like, "If I told you, you wouldn't like it." Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. He's, he doesn't even tell
0: her anymore. You yep.
4: know.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah. Same exact thing. And yet, that's 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 what works. Um. So so he has them go right next to a hyperspace lane in order to basically uh, hide themselves onto an incoming freighter. Uh, to sneak past the blockade, but that's a little bit later in the episode. So at this point, he's just getting them in position to do that and telling them that they're probably not going to get hit by an incoming freighter <laughs> out of hyperspace. Back on Lethal, the, the fight is continuing, and yeah, just say, same sorts of things. Some some really great scenes. Uh, at this point, this is where Rook is ma- is uh, knocked off the ledge by by Ezra, and of course, he survives and climbs back up uh zeb has his moment to shine with a heavy blaster cannon that he he shoots at some of the imperial (laughs) ships (laughs) and then he uh runs out of ammo and so he just throws it um against some (laughs) stormtroopers and knocks them out so that's uh very typical zeb and then we go back to the ghost crew as they're trying to trying to get past the blockade and uh again with the han solo connection hondo's tactic is to to attach to this freighter that does come in and uh completely powered down so they can get through the the scanner and get cleared through the blockade and it just screamed uh the empire strikes back anyways he pulls a han solo maneuver that's yeah. i know that's exactly uh <laughs> what i was trying to get at uh but it, actually this one was a boba fett maneuver yeah yeah, because when
3: uh, when Boba Fett first enters, he drops off the back of a of a star destroyer and grabs onto the tra- and comes out of the trash, and that's kind of it's, uh, it's yeah. before before Han does his number, <clears throat> uh, or actually, and it might be co- co- consecutively with the the two of them, like they both do it.
0: Well, definitely, Boba Fett did it expertly enough that the Millennium Falcon didn't notice him. Exactly. So, okay, so then we can we can Which claim that. Which I do have to a- laugh because I. I know that they can't, you know, like the like powers
4: off, no scanning. I'm like, isn't anyone looking out the cockpits of these things? <laughs> like, I'm no. Like, why like would just, you look
3: out the cockpit?
4: <laughs> like I'm laughing. I'm just imagining some imperial. Like, you know, that's that's why I love like a lot of like Seth Green Star Wars things and stuff. Like the what this what's off screen, or just like the idea of like yeah. an imperial lieutenant is, like sipping his coffee, sipping coffee. Window. Exactly. Like, that's what I'm seeing too. Sipping a his a coffee. There's, like... a, there's a ship on the side of that ship. Like anybody, you know, like
1: <laughs> like they don't notice yeah, it. <laughs> it Never happens.
4: <laughs> oh
3: my. Uh, too much red tape he probably had to go report it and then he right. had to go through like <laughs> ten uh the PS that, reports.
1: Oh, <laughs> that was in um that was in either that was in a canon book wasn't it where someone was like they were they 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 were they knew they were supposed to report something but there was so much red tape or maybe that was in a short story from a certain point of view Anyway, I, I think that's what it was. I think it was a short story. <laughs> have y'all read that?
4: I don't no, think so. No. No. I've read it. I've That's got to be there.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. It was. It, I think it was like a. It was like a, a stormtrooper who saw something, and then he he knew he was supposed to report it, but. Um there was so much paperwork that it was just like it goes through the actually no, he files the paperwork. That's what it is. Okay. Anyways, yes. So it's actually the paperwork that you're reading. That's Okay. that's so funny. Good story. I'll have to check that out. Check it out.
0: So what you're saying is there probably is a stormtrooper that (laughs) noticed this that just decided it was too much work. (laughs) Yes. Uh so with that, uh, negligent stormtrooper, uh the ghost does indeed uh sneak through the blockade and uh to and get, get down to LaFall uh to, to help and Hondo uh pridefully remarks how it was all him and and you know there was no need to thank him for his for his services for that. Um back on Lethal, uh Rook is back up and this is where he sees Ryder and doesn't attack him. And so that that was at that point that I was like hmm maybe maybe Ryder is truly betraying them at this point but um they take out the the ore crawler so the the big ship um that they that they were kind of piloting on Lethal and it uh begins to fall and so everybody has to abandon ship and climb onto the to the rock formations uh that are that are right next to it and at that point uh they are all captured and rook informs Price that they've captured them, which um, is exactly what the rebels wanted to do, because that's what finally draws governor price to come down herself to take control of the situation. And that's where the double cross happens. So thankfully we weren't waiting too long for that and thinking Ryder was a <laughs> Ryder was a bad guy. Uh, but uh, first she thanks Ryder for his, for his help in uh, rooting out the rebels and, um, and then Ezra's comlink bink be- beeps and Ryder is privileged to tell Pri- price what that means. And that's, that was Hera coming in to, to, to save the day. I, I love, it. I just love the way Ezra's just, there's something about that line. Yeah. Do you, do you want <laughs> me to tell her? Or do you- <laughs> right. <laughs> just delicious. And, uh, well, and, and yeah, so, I mean, that, that it's clear there that, that they were all in it from the start. Like Ezra, Ezra mm-hmm. didn't doubt Ryder. You know at all so that was all definitely part of the plan that was that was when the, the scene cut to governor price and we didn't see the end of that initial conversation between ezra and, and Ryder and and the group um and then i just put in my notes for this part i just said chaos ensues <laughs> yeah pretty much so <laughs> I, i'll tell you one thing that i really like about this
3: uh, this episode from start to finish is the sense of scale that mm-hmm. they have so there's the you see the ATAT at the beginning that's got the platform on top of it, and when the ghost lands on it, you get the sense of how big a starship is yeah. compared to you know just the, a walker, and the walkers are huge. And then when they come in on this scene, all these drop ships that they've been in, which are fairly big, you know, they're, it's a fairly big ship. But then when the ghost comes in and just starts tearing through them with the the blaster cannons that they have on them, this, the difference between a, a ship that's made for travel on a planet and a travel between the stars is made very, very clear.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I think um, in the Rebels Recon, there was a producer who was talking about how this was almost like mini movie scale, because normally they don't have this many sets and characters and ships and everything Mm -hmm. because it takes forever to render. Mm -hmm. Um, But (laughs) they did it (laughs) because it was needed for the story. Mm -hmm. So, Kudos. yeah
0: and and i mean the the animation for this was just fantastic Mm -hmm. because they've they've got all the different characters and they are doing they're doing a really good job of of kind of highlighting each of the main characters as much as they can in their own role and uh you know giving them all their moment to shine and um you know uh especially with especially with this huge fight scene you know and so there's uh uh, a number of things that that happen and which are just uh, really cool. I mean, we've got Hondo and um, his Ugnok partner, and I'm blanking on his name. It's like Mart or something M- like that. Or, uh, or I had it written down. Oh man. <sighs>
4: We're Melch, so...
0: Melch, I had it in no. Melch. There, is it. There, it is. There, you there you go. It's, it's funnier than the milk. one I was. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but like he's you know, a pig. So, so yeah, yeah. He's, that's, he's what, kinda... that's what my that's what my three year old decided. Oh, it's a
3: pig, it's a pig. <laughs>
0: right. Every time he came on the scene, it's a pig, it's a pig. <laughs> um, but you know, they they have their moment to take out one of the one of the the, the land ships, and um, uh, Hera's got her maneuver where she knocks out one of them with the ghost, uh, which is yeah. which is super cool. Oh, by the way, can can I uh, yep. uh, before I forget? Because when she did
4: that, it just instantly reminded me of Solo. Yep, and mm-hmm. I was I was wondering. I was like, wait a minute, when did this? And I looked it up, and this came out in March twenty eighteen. Yep, uh, like two months before Solo. So I was just thinking to myself, I was like. Huh. So, I, you know, Hera technically, I mean, in terms of when someone saw that in a movie or in a show or whatever, I, I guess she she beat Han to <laughs> she it. She got but it first. <laughs> I don't know what the what the production timeline was or when that was written first. I, I don't know. There was wow. probably some crosstalk there and somebody was like, I oh, think that's, so. a,
3: that's
0: a great idea. We'll we should totally do that. And <laughs> yeah, he can't be the only one that's done that before. Right. But I'm thinking in, within universe, those oh, events yeah. are happening roughly at the... I mean, well, probably not roughly. I imagine Han Solo did it first in, in terms of he did. internal
1: mm, time, you know, time, really timeline. Five
0: years or so before it's this. Right, Because right. This, yeah. this is happening really close to Rogue yeah. One. Right. So, right. I think it's within um, a year
3: or two, they said. Yeah. Yeah, his stuff's happening more towards the Clone Wars, right? His stuff's...
4: Isn't well, it I 10... Know, I think Solo's like 10 years after, ten years after Episode the Clone 3, Wars. I think. Yeah.
0: I saw right or eight or ten
4: years. Yeah, it's like in between.
0: Yeah, either way, I think it's fair to say that Hera did not pick this maneuver up from Han Solo. No, so right. so we're not we're not you know diminishing Hera's ingenuity and and her awesomeness as a as a as a pilot. Um, Ezra has everybody fall back into the caves, and we have Ezra's uh, hero pose with oh, man, no. uh, that was awesome. with the Lothwolves, <laughs> which which was really cool when rook so goes satisfying. in yeah and 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 like that that image is it, it encapsulates who ezra is and his connection mm-hmm. and so yeah where, where's your army
3: that that line <laughs> from rook, where, yeah. where's your army now and he's just lights up his lightsaber there they are
0: yeah <laughs> and those wolves are are quite vicious like yeah wow i was i was kind of <laughs> blown away by how effective and how violent uh they took out yeah, all the, it's like all man the... this
1: is a kid show <laughs> yeah
3: there was one scene i got really worried because it's like the clones were watching him and talking about how it's like being back with the brothers again you yeah know? and then like two wolves grabbed this stormtrooper from opposite ends and i'm like whoa this this could get bad fast <laughs> if they start pulling <laughs>
0: apart <laughs> Yep. Yep. Uh, so yeah, so the, the wolves, uh, throw Rook off the, off the ledge again. Um, one of them for some reason, (laughs) (laughs) um, one, one captures price and, and the rest of them just continue to take out, take out stormtroopers. Uh, I also put in my notes here that the, the music is super intense for all of this, Mm -hmm. uh, which, which was, which was cool. Um, yeah. And we get, we get the dad pun. Uh, Gregor tells Wolf that he has his wolf pack back. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh yeah, and so so the, the wolves manage to take everybody out and the stormtroopers all surrender. And I loved how Price begs Ezra to <laughs> not let the don't, wolf don't eat her. Let him eat me. <laughs> um Kind of a, a fitting. Yeah, I was,
1: it's kind of it's like you expect her. At least I expect her to say like kill me, but she says eat me, and it just makes it more comical.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um. So so yeah. So they they win the the rebels win this win this battle in in kind of the again the setup for the finale. Um. And the the episode ends with <laughs> Ezra or Hera telling Ezra that. Somehow against all the odds, you did it. And again, that's very Star Wars, you know, the, mm-hmm. the <laughs> one person against the Empire and, and you can do it. And but again, like Ezra at this point takes the time to point out that he couldn't have done it without everybody who helped. Right. And he he recognizes everyone. And then he he ends with, um, of course, wants to get paid and and move on. Um, But <laughs> he's he's also very much invested. And asks if they're done. And Ezra says, Not until we chase the Empire from Lothal and show the galaxy that for all their power, they can be defeated. And that's where the, the episode ends in the lead up to the final, the final battle uh, for uh, the liberation of Lethal, which we will talk about in a couple of weeks, or at least part of it in a couple of weeks. Um, anything that you guys wrote down that we didn't cover over this episode?
1: Um, just that, um, Ezra as a leader is doing a good job of playing to everybody's strengths Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, you had Hera up in the sky and you had Hondo doing his thing and, um, you know, the wolves doing their thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Sabine was doing her thing. It just seemed like, and of course we, we saw this all the time because the ghost crew is a great team, but, um, I think in his planning, he, um, he you know, I mean, he got Ryder to be the bait and he knew that would be effective. And so um, I just, yeah, I, it kind of made me think about how Star Wars actually uses that um, tactic very well. Whereas the Empire, um, you know, versus the Rebellion is, is much more... Uh, um, you know, here's what we're going to do. Everybody does this, you know, I guess when I would read like the novels about the empire, yes, they would do like testing as far as, you know, strengths and stuff, but it's, it's seen, it's seen as very uniform, you know, Mm -hmm. everybody kind of is in the same suit and they're doing the same task. And, you know, if you're in this Stormtrooper helmet. Then you do the stormtrooper thing, and you know if you're Governor Price, you do that kind of thing. And um, you know, there's less individuality, I guess. So um, just in the rebellion, you see that individuality shine, and um, just the importance of how everyone is different, and that can be a good thing. It can we can work towards one goal, um, defeating evil, with all of our different strengths and abilities.
3: Which kind of ties back to the reason that um, Rex is in a different helmet in this in these last couple of episodes. And as he goes forward with the rebellion, you know, it's it reveals his face. It shows who he is. It it humanizes him in a way that the stormtrooper armor uh, dehumanizes everybody on the on the imperial side.
1: Yeah. And he's he has a new role now. You know, he's Mm -hmm. he's more of a um, he's an experienced, um, I guess. What do you call those people like um, the, the word is I'm not getting the word. What is the word? Like when do you um, a song? No, Uh when you use your experience as a mentor, like to benefit someone else, a mentor, a factor <laughs> <No.
4: laughs> <laughs> like money. No.
1: I don't know. Anyway, that's what I mean. Teacher. Uh, it'll come you're, to you like at the yeah, most yeah. inopportune time. But yeah yeah the point is that he's he's in a new role now,
0: yeah, and, and this I mean this this whole thing, yeah, it kind of captures that that feel and and I think mm-hmm. it, it, you, you see the essence of Star Wars at play in this in this episode, which is which is which is really cool to see. um any other final concluding thoughts?
3: I, to tie back into that, I think that one of the things that really makes the force users very interesting is seeing their unique uh calling in the force. You know, and you, and you see Ray is a very different Force user than Kylo Ren, is a very different Force user than Ezra Bridger, is a very different Force user than, um, you know, than Kane and Jairus. They're, they're all called to something different in the Force. And even though they all do the same thing, they're, they're very attached to it in their own unique way. And so, you know, nobody's like Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan is Obi-Wan. And... And that's such a cool thing to see when you tie it into the rest of the themes of the rebels versus the empire. The empire's very um all about the hegemony, right Everything's the same. we want to make everything uniform, everything needs to fit a very specific set of rules and the the alliance wasn't like that you know uh the or the the republic wasn't like that. The republic was very much about people expressing their freedoms and it had its problems. It had all of its issues with the Senate and everything was bogged down by red tape and all that kind of stuff. But they were still allowing people to be themselves. And the empire came in and kind of just squashed that. And even in the lead up to the empire squashing that, you saw how everything was trying to be codified and put into little boxes and made to, to be a certain way. And then you get the clones and that's like the perfect example of what the empire is. Everybody needs to be the same. We we've, picked the best we're designing you to be the best and this is the box you're going to fit in whereas the beauty of the force generally and specifically the the rebellion and how it fights against the empire
0: is that uniqueness and that i mean that 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 just uh speaks into just human human life too that that we we should embrace what makes us you know individuals and unique in our own gifts and our own talents and and just because i'm not like you and you're not like me That's not a bad thing, but it's something Mm -hmm. to, to recognize the gifts in each other and to, to, you know, use those for the, for the glory of God and, and in the way that God envisioned you individually and specifically to do. And even with the clones, you know, um, they
4: turned out to be pretty different too. some of them, Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm.
0: know, which, which I think we've talked about that, but that's one of the great, uh, beauties of, of the, the clone Wars series is you, you do get to see the humanity behind the masks where the movies are, are less able to, to get into that. He started as a cookie cutter and he ended up as Nick Sant or whatever his name is. <laughs> I think, I think it is Rex. We'll see. No. Okay. Any other comments? Okay. Yeah. Uh, well then that's it from us and listeners. Uh, what did you think of this particular episode of star Wars rebels? Uh, the penultimate of the entire show, Definitely let us know and you can email us or comment on our Facebook or Twitter page to let us know what you thought. And you can email us at StarWars at SQPN And you can find StarQuest on Facebook at facebook.com starquestmedia slash StarQuest Media and on Twitter at SQPN. And now, of course, we'd like to take a moment, like we always do, to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create The Secrets of Star Wars, including this week Adam H., Philip M., Dennis M., Rebecca C., and Donald F. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Star Wars and all the shows that we produce here at StarQuest. And definitely, if you'd like to join them, you can do so by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Also, of course, be sure to subscribe to the show um, in your favorite podcast player, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or you can follow us on the SQPN YouTube channel and just be sure to click the bell to get notifications for new episodes. And you can find any and all previous episodes of The Secrets of Star Wars by going to sqpn.com starwars Star Wars. And we will be back in two weeks where we will be reviewing the first part of the Rebels finale by reviewing the first half of that um, 40 minute long episode, uh, Family Reunion and Farewell. So we'll be taking that in two different chunks. So we'll be looking at the first half in two weeks and then the next uh, half in the the next episode after that. So until then, Angela Cialana, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Star Wars.
1: It's been a pleasure.
0: Thomas Sanherjo, thanks for joining us this evening. It's good to be here. And Mike Creevy, thank you as well for joining us. Always a pleasure. And once again, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter. Thank you for listening to the secrets of Star Wars on StarQuest. We'll be right back. back.